from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. It's Monday. Yep, that's right. It's Monday. And I know some people have the Monday blues. I don't. I love Mondays. And I'll tell you why, because I love beginnings. Monday to me is the beginning of a new week. It's the beginning of a new time. And beginning is typically the most exciting time of anything you do. And so it's just my optimistic self this morning. We've got a packed show. I hope everyone had a great, relaxing weekend. Weather was unbelievable here in Georgia. Uh, feels like spring's just right around the corner. And so wanted to go ahead and just, you know, kind of get that spring mood in. Winter's almost over. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it, it's a great time, um, you know, in our lives here. We live in, I think, the best time ever for humans. So <laughs> especially when it comes to quality of life. So pack show today. A bunch of stories over over uh, hacked news organizations, and you, you'll you'll see there's a theme between our two top stories this morning, as well as a whole bunch of good guys prevail today. A whole bunch of good guys prevail. So, with that being said, I'll go ahead and grab my traditional double espresso. Um, join me in whatever beverage you choose to power your Monday morning and get you through the weekend hump. Half cup cheers, y'all. We'll start our first story with News Corp. So. For those who, who who have forgotten, late last year, News Corp had reported that they were breached. Now, News Corp owns the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, a whole bunch of uh, uh, that's part of kind of like the News Corp family. Um, so the breach, which was first disclosed in 2022, now there's some light being shed over the extent of the attack itself. And they need a breach notification letter sent to employees and viewed by the bleeping computer it's now said that the attack actually took place two years before it actually came uh, came ahead for everyone to discover, which was February of 2020. Um, employees were most uh, the people who were uh, impacted by this breach sim- simply because their personal and health information was accessed as part of this. The uh, incident affected multiple news arms of the publication, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, and its UK news operations. Based on the investigation, News Corp now understands that between February 2020 and January of 2022, an unauthorized party gained access to certain business documents and emails from a limited number of its personnel accounts in the affected systems, some of which contain PII. The investigation indicated that activity didn't appear to be focused on exploiting PII, but rather uh, they're not aware of any identity theft or fraud connections in the issue. You'll, you'll understand in a moment why I think there's more to it. They just don't really want to talk about it. And I'll, and I'll explain in just a second here. Um, so according to News Corp, some of the information disclosed by the employees were names, date of birth, socials, uh, and driver license number, passport numbers, any financial account information, medical and health insurance information. Um, the spies behind the disclosure are apparently linked to China um, as some of the data was exfiltrated there. Mandian uh, assesses that those behind this activity had a China nexus and believe they are likely involved in espionage activities to collect intel to benefit China's interest. Now, here that goes. Why don't I gain interest on some of the world's largest publications and their reporters, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, the Dow Jones, Market Watch, Fox News, Barron's, The Sun, and the News UK British newspaper publisher. There's a theme across all of these news publications. 
they're all kind of anti-China and want to have uh, and they want to hold the political arm and the executive arm of their countries uh, responsible for toughening up on China. So why wouldn't China hack to get information on the reporters in order to use that as a potential way to uh, get them off China's back? Not a bad concept there and not far-fetched, by the way. This isn't some movie scene. Um, it's, 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 it's a common operating uh, procedure for, for China. Um, so there's that. If you're a Dish Network customer, you're likely unable to really use the service. And if you're an employee, you're just completely cut off and left in the dark. Dish Network has mysteriously gone offline with its websites and apps ceasing to function over the last 24 hours. The widespread outages, outage is affecting Dish.com, Dish Anywhere app, as well as several websites and networks owned by the company. Customers also suggested the company's call center numbers are unreachable. Additionally, customers are facing authentication issues when trying to get in access in other apps using the identity of their dish credentials. The phones, websites, and apps are all offline. Um, and a they've originally said, and, and I'm going to kind of cut through this, they've said it's an internal system issue, a a notice was sent out that the VPN issue uh, on 223 was that no one could access it because there's an issue with their VPN. However, an employee has told uh, Dish Network that it's a cyber attack, meaning they're seeing blank icons on their desktop, something that's quite common when there's ransomware infecting systems. Hours after the publication, another Dish Network employee contacted saying that there's indeed been a cyber attack. Employees uh, are, are reports receiving a written message from their manager that the incident was caused by an outside bad actor, a known threat agent, and the company is unsure how they gained access. The email goes on to say that the company is working with, with an external vendor to resolve the issue. Um, they're still saying it's internal system issues um, this morning, and so uh, very interesting. We'll see how they comment to this one, but Dish Network obviously and their uh, InfoSec team now under a world of hurt. So one, our thoughts are out to those InfoSec employees who since the 23rd I've probably not rested or gone home and didn't get to enjoy the weekend like many of us did. But that's one of the things that's really unspoken of when it comes to uh, choosing a career in InfoSec or working in InfoSec is when an incident happens, it's all hands on deck until you get it resolved. And you can get it resolved in three, four days. You may get systems back online, but you don't get it resolved for weeks, in some cases, months. And so thoughts go out to the DISH team. Obviously, there's a lot of criticism concerning the lack of communication there. Uh, apparently, this may have been something that w- was missing in their playbook um, here. But nonetheless, one can understand the challenges of dealing with an incident like this uh, and, and a company the size of Dish. So with that being said, uh, we'll hold our criticism and, and kind of best practices to later and right now issue just a statement of support to the employees. A pure crypt malware is targeting government entities in Asia and North America. Governments in the Asia Pacific and North America are being targeted by unknown threat actors with an on-off-the-shelf malware downloader known as Pure Cryptor to deliver an array of information stealer and ransom ransomware. I'm sorry. The Pure Cryptor campaign uses the domain of a compromised NGO as a command and control to deliver a secondary payload. The different types of malware propagated using Pure Cryptor include Redline Stealer, Agent Tesla, Eternity, Black Moon. Um, in Philadelphia ransomware. It was first documented in 2022. Uh, in June of 2022, Pure Crypto is advertised for sale by its authors for just $59 for one month access or $245 for 
one lifetime purchase pass and it's capable of distributing a multitude of malware with those cut rate prices. That's unbelievable. In December of last year, PureCoder, the developer behind the program, expanded the slate of offerings to include a logger and information stealer known as PureLogs, which is designed to siphon data off of web browsers and crypto wallets and email clients, and it's only $100 a year or $200 for lifetime access. The infection sequence detailed by Manello Security commences with a phishing email containing a Discord URL that points to a first-stage component password-protected zip archive that in turn loads the pure crypt malware. And so there's that. A new class of bugs in Apple devices is opening the door for complete takeover. Apple had a rough year last year, right? A significant rough year. Apple, I think, had like eight or nine zero days that they had to patch throughout the year. Well, this year isn't any better. The more and more we get into the Apple OS, the more and more there's vulnerabilities and zero days that are there simply because one, they close off their OS. It, it's not an open OS like Android per se. So there's goods and bads with that, right? That, that's that's completely arbitrary and it depends on how you look at, you know, depending on, depending on how you look at it, you could say that's good, that's bad, all right? That's not the issue for debate here. The challenge, the challenge that Apple has at this point was that they kind of marketed their OS as being the most secure. And now we're coming to find out that, well, that's, just not so much of the case. There's several CVEs and several issues going on that would allow bypassing code signing to execute arbitrary code in the context of several platform applications that could lead to escalation of privileges and sandbox escape on both Mac OS and iOS. The vulnerabilities in this class range from medium to high severity with CVSS ratings between 5.1 and 7.1. Apple's grouped them into two CVEs, 2023-23530 and 23531. There's no indication that they're being exploited in the wild. But nonetheless, if you're companies that are within the offensive uh, cybersecurity field, this is where you're investing your time and energy because that's where you're going to get the highest uh, bang for your buck. That's where governments are going to come in and you've got an exploit on an OS device. They want it. They're going to go ahead and buy it. Um, So um, one of the silver linings, though, for this whole new class of vulnerabilities is that they do require an attacker to already have access to the targeted device which is typically easy through social engineering. So that's not really a big, uh, big issue there. Um, and, and they're saying that patching may or may not resolve this. We'll kind of leave that up there. Um, and, and we'll see how Apple deals with this, but I think Apple ought to come out and, and, and really address this head on. Dutch police arrest three criminals involved in a massive data theft scheme. The suspects include a 21-year-old, uh, two 21-year-old men from Zandvoort, and one from Rotterdam and an 18-year-old man without a permanent residence. The arrests were made on January 23rd. It's estimated that the criminals stole personal data belonging to tens of millions of individuals. This compromised name, addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, bank account numbers, credit cards, passwords, license plates, social security numbers, and password detail. Uh, the cybercrime team started the investigation nearly two years ago after a large Dutch company suffered a security breach. The name of the company wasn't disclosed, but the firms that were hit by cyber attack around that time include RDC, Shell, and Ticket Counter, uh, the last of which was also a victim of an extortion attempt. During the course of the investigation, it's become clear that thousands of small and large companies and institutions, both within uh, the Netherlands and internationally, have fallen victims to computer intrusions. No joke, man, that happens every single day. They described it as a sophisticated operation, saying the threat actors demanded Bitcoin as payment, it took him two years to bring that in, just shows the complexity. Um, and 
the, the way the legal system operates today, the burden of proof on law enforcement is that you can let these guys operate for two years until you're finally able to take them down with enough evidence to really put them away. Um, we'll see how this goes, but good job for them. Took two years, uh, but better than nothing. The biggest cyber military warfare exercise in Western Europe took place recently in Estonia. 34 teams from 11 countries took part in the live fire cyber battle. Countries from the US, UK, Japan, India, Italy, Estonia, Ukraine, Ghana, Kenya, and Oman were represented by 750 experts at the Defense Cyber Marvel 2 DCM exercise. Many of them participated remotely. The seven-day event, which was led by the British Army, tested the response of participants to common and complex cyber scenarios, including attacks on networks and ICS. One scenario simulated in NATO's CR-154 cyber range involved attacks on an uncrewed robotic system, a tactic used by Russia to disrupt Ukrainian cyberspace in the early days of its invasion, the participation teams, the participating teams competed against each other and were judged based on their speed in identifying and responding to cyber threats. The team from Italy was declared the winner. I wonder if they won them over, how they won that one. I would love to see more details. Good job to the Italian team. The EU commission is now banning TikTok from employees' phones, citing cybersecurity concerns. Welcome to the party, EU. It's nice for you guys to wake up and join the party here against TikTok. The commission said that all employees will have to comply no later than March 15th. You know, this is one of those where you say, you've got 24 hours, delete TikTok. You're giving people a month, a month, and China knows this and TikTok knows this. So this is the kind of stuff that might like mind boggles me about this. How hard is it to delete an app from your phone? Hey, everyone, you've got 24 hours to delete apps from your phone or we're blocking you out of our systems. I can delete an app in my phone in about five seconds. Someone younger could do it much, 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 much faster. Well, anyways, welcome to the party, the EU and your employees, we hope that you follow through and not just ban TikTok, uh, not just make it off of everyone's phone, but get rid of it all together. Ban the app all together. That's the call. That's it for our show this morning, folks. I hope everyone had a great, great weekend. Um, Packed week ahead of us here. So tune in. We're live at 9 a.m. Eastern every single day on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can catch the rerun on our LinkedIn business page at the CyberHub Podcast. You can go to our YouTube channel, catch all the latest um, as well. Packed, packed stuff. Go check out our CISO Talk podcast with some great episodes already this season. And we've got some great ones coming up here in the next few weeks. You guys don't want to miss those as well. More details tomorrow and the day after. That's it for our show this morning. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.